Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good? Oh, I think we can do better than that. I said, how's everybody doing today? Good? Yeah? That was a little better. I know y'all lost an hour of sleep last night. But y'all the 11 o'clock crowd, man, y'all better, y'all better bring it better than that. The 9 o'clock crowd was showing y'all up, even though they had three cups of coffee. And they only got two hands, but they said here just. <laughs> now listen, we're super pumped. We're in our brand new series called Take Your Shot. And uh, so excited to jump into what we have for you today. So go ahead and take out your sermon notes because we're going to kind of jump straight into what we have for you. Now I grew up in my era of basketball. Where are my sports fans at? How, how many guys love watching sports? Right? How many guys are football fans? Raise your hand, football. We're in the South. It's a religion. It's okay. So, uh, football fans. Where are the basketball fans at? Right? I figured, the, I figured there'd be a little less. And then, in my opinion, if you watch professional baseball on TV, you need deliverance because there's something wrong with you mentally. Um, it's like, I'm good for about a half an inning. And I'm like, okay, I'm just bored right now. Like, I, I just can't. But uh, we are pumped to be in the Take Your Shot series, and we wanted to kick it off talking a little bit about uh, how many guys grew up with the Michael Jordan era basketball? Any Jordan fans in here, right? So Michael Jordan era basketball. Um, now, where are the people that think that LeBron James is the greatest player of all time? Any people in here that LeBron James is the greatest player of all time? All right, uh, everyone bow your heads. We're gonna say a prayer for these people real quick. I'm just kidding. And so uh, I come from the generation where I believe that Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Um, But this new generation thinks LeBron is it, and uh, they've never been more wrong. But uh, as we were talking about that, there's one thing that's universal in understanding, whether you you go back to Michael Jordan or whether you go uh, even into the the Larry Bird, uh, Magic Johnson era basketball. Um, So if if you go back to that, you know, even even going back to you know, Dr. J in that era of basketball, you know what I'm saying? Listen, I'm not, I'm well hearsed in my basketball, okay? So, um, so if you go back to the, the early, the Red Airbox Celtics uh, era of basketball, like, so no matter what you do, if you go back to any team, any championship team, and you go back to the champions that led those teams, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, you go back to any of those guys, but then you can bring even current LeBron and all these uh, champions of today. There's one thing that sets all all of them apart, and it's universally understood, and that is that champions think differently. Champions think differently. Matter of fact, the title of today's sermon is Champions Just Do It Differently, right? Why? Because a champion's approach to everything they do is considerably different than an average person's approach to every single thing that they do, right? So they change every single thing, every, the way they approach how they play the game, right? And so we want to talk to you a little bit about the champion's mindset this morning. Let's jump Deuteronomy 30, 15 and 16 is where we're jumping into right away. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. Turn your neighbor and say life and death. Look back at him and say your breath is death. You need to stop. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm just kidding. Life and death. Some of y'all are like, you need some life, right? And here's a tic-tac. Anyway, blessing and curses. Now choose, everyone say this word with me, life. Choose life. Now, as we will look in just a minute, I will further give the details of this. In Deuteronomy, the Lord actually 
isn't talking to us in that moment. He's actually talking to a very specific group of people. The however is, the group of people that he's talking to in the Old Testament is his people. And I do believe that as we are God's people in the New Testament, he very similarly and in a like uh, fashion wants to communicate the same thing to us. Every day you have the opportunity to choose to think and live and walk and act like a champion or you cannot. And I don't know about you guys, but I spent a good chunk of my life living and thinking and acting uh, differently than the purpose that God has for me. And it wasn't until I connected to everything that God has for me that I started thinking differently about what I was called to do. And so we want to talk to you today about your purpose and the champion's mindset because they do some things differently and we want to focus on three of them. The first one is that champions take ownership. Champions take ownership. Champions own their moments, guys. They own them. Whenever they have the opportunity to capitalize. I I think back to Michael Jordan when he was playing and and he was playing basketball, like if, if, there was, if the game was on the line and someone had to take the last shot, it had to be Michael. Like, had to be. And whenever it was someone else, I remember just being like super stressed out. You know, like, oh my gosh, who is this white guy and why is he shooting the ball? Okay, like, so that was what I was thinking. No judgment. Spoiler alert. Skin check. Okay, so, but I remember just being like, no, Michael has to shoot. I don't care if he's quadruple team. Give him the ball. Right? Because he had an instinct. He could own the moment. And my question for some of you is, what is the difference between what you're called to do and what you're currently doing? Because a lot of times the difference between where you are and where God wants you to be is your desire to own key moments of your life where you have the opportunity to choose life or to choose death, to choose blessing or to choose curses. And a lot of times, whether it's out of habit, whether it's out of repetition, or whether we just downright don't believe in ourselves, we end up choosing the wrong one. When you look in the mirror, who do you see? When you have the opportunity to own the moment, do you own it? like a champion or do you cower right I remember playing uh, I played on a few championship teams as I played sports and I remember playing on a couple championship teams and uh, I played little league football and then in the high school I played football and then quit in high school because our team was garbage anyway so but I remember playing and it got to a point uh, in football where I, I'm a sizable dude okay so, spoiler alert, I'm big. Uh, so, I remember playing football, and when the game was on the line, like when it, was, when it was like, yo, we have to win this game, they would just put me in. I'm playing offense, defense. I'm playing every position. I'm on the kickoff team. Like, I'm a coach. Why am I special teams? I don't run. He's like, don't worry about it. Just get in there and hit every person you see. All right. You know, <laughs> that I can do, right? So, but they wanted me in the game. They were like, yo, we, we want what you're going to bring to the table. Um, and I naturally had aggression problems, so that kind of helped. Anyway, so, so I would go in. But here's the reason why I got frustrated. Because when the game was on the line, I'm playing every play. Offense, defense, doesn't matter. But even though I, we won and even though, like, I got a ring because we, like, we won the championship, I remember, like, people that always sat the bench. Like, they were always – they were at practice – but when it came game time, like, their uniforms are always clean. Like, I don't even know if they knew how to tie their cleats. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, but I remember them getting jackets and rings, too. And I was like, oh, uh, hold on. Who is Johnny? I ain't never seen him a day in my life. 
Like, like True said, like, we out here running, we're in the weight room, like, we're earning it, and he ain't played three seconds of a game ever in the whole season, but he was on the team, so he got the ring. And I remember thinking to myself, like, man, I'm always going to own my moments. Now, good for Johnny. I mean, you know, whatever. But I want, I want to own my moments like a champion. Am I talking to anybody in here today? Like, does anybody else realize that there are key moments in your life where you can choose to stay the same or you can choose to be different? And I very much have a desire to step into a different type of life. I want to own moments and I want to own them like champions. Deuteronomy 30, 15 and 16 goes back to this, but a different view on it. See, I step before you today, life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commandments, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. Now again, I want to remind you in Deuteronomy, he's talking to his people in that moment. And they were getting ready to take a promised land. But here's what I think. I believe that each one of us have a promise that God wants us to fulfill, a purpose that he wants to take us to. He has an arena that he wants us to win games in, to win life. Now, it's not so that we can get a yacht. It's not so we can get a mansion. However, if you get a yacht or a mansion, call your boy, pool party, boat party. I don't care. I'm coming. Okay, so let's do it. But regardless, like it, Whatever is happening in your life, God has the purpose. I believe he has the, quote, unquote, the promised land where he wants to take you from a life where it has no purpose, it has no substance, it has no meaning. And he wants to plug you into a life of purpose, of substance, of meaning. And the greatest thing that God wants to do in your life is he wants to take you from this idea that I just need God something, I just need God to do something to me, right? I need God to do something in my life. I, how, how many of you have sat back and been like, I need purpose, or I need clarity, or I need, what, I need God to do something in my life? We've all been there, right? But at some point, God wants to take you from doing something to your life and in your life to doing something through your life, where he wants to take you to where it's not about you anymore. It's about what you can accomplish in the lives of the people around you. And the key is that champions have to own that moment. There is a promised land. Now, there's an eternal promised land, which is heaven. But I think there's something God wants to do in our life now. But how many of us are just trying to make it through Monday? <laughs> you know what I'm talking like, Oh, God, Monday's back again. I feel bad for people on Facebook. They're like, here comes Monday. Just going to try to make it through again. I'm like, I don't know what y'all talking about. Mondays are phenomenal. I'm off, so it's real good. You know what I'm talking about? Like, <laughs> Monday is my Saturday. Hey, no, <laughs> but even beside that, like, when I come, I can't wait to go into the office on Tuesday. I can't wait to go to work. I can't wait to do the things that I get to do. Now, granted, I have, I'm attacking my purpose with some kind of aggressive intentionality. God has put me on the path, and I'm going after it. I don't care if I work 60, 70, 80, 90 hours. It doesn't bother me because I did this for nothing. So to be able to do it and let God take care of myself and my family, I'm going to give it everything I've got. The difference between where you are and your mentality is 100% how you approach every opportunity in life. So do you approach Mondays with, oh, or do you approach Mondays with, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I'm going to choose to rejoice and be glad in it. 
Because your approach to the day dictates your perception of how you encounter the rest of it. So, it's up to you because champions think differently. So think like a champion. When you go into your life, think like a champion. Here's the reason why. It's quote in your notes. Because a victorious living doesn't interrupt your life. You have to pursue it. Hear me today. Victorious living doesn't interrupt. No one wakes up one day and they're like, oh, I'll be daggum. We won today. No one wakes up and accidentally stumbles their way into success and happiness. No one just finds their way into joy. Can I tell you something? You got to wake up every morning and put it on. You got to wake up every morning and look in the mirror and decide what kind of life you are going to live. Now, don't get me wrong, because what I don't want to do is get you confused about something. If you're going to say, I want this victorious life, it will be rooted in Jesus, okay? Because the only true joy, the only true happiness, the only true peace, the only true righteousness, the only true way that you can walk through life and know that there's something bigger than you on the inside happening is that you be connected to someone that is bigger than your life. When the person that created the sun, moon, and stars speaks purpose into your life, and you tap into that, now you're walking in true purpose. But even when you're connected to the Lord, you can connect to the Lord and still walk defeated. And I'm here to tell you today that victorious living doesn't interrupt your life. You don't wake up one day like, huh, look at that. Things are going great. No, no, no. You choose that. You walk in that. You decide you want that. So we aggressively pursue. But here's the reality of owning the moment, right? Is a lot of us have excuses on why we think we can't. Now hear me today. And for many of you, if if you've been a TC even once before, you know my heart. But hear me today. Because the reality is the difference between where you are and where you could be a lot of times is separated by the excuse that situations are dictating your capacity to be able to execute. What I mean by that is this, well, because I'm the wrong skin color or because I'm from the wrong income class or because I'm from the wrong area of town or I got the wrong last name, I'll never be able to whatever. Hear me today. If anyone that comes from your neighborhood has made it, you can make it. If anyone from your income class has made it, you can make it. If anyone that has your skin color has made it, you can make it. Now, I'm not saying it may not be harder. You may have to work longer. You may have to do more. You may have to be more aggressive. You may have to go over the top where other people get to go on the bottom. You may have to do more, but it's possible. Do you want it bad enough? And if you do, what are you willing to do to get it? Own the moment of victorious living. Now, what do you do with that? Obviously, hear my message today is that you immediately plug into who is Jesus in my life and what is he wanting to do with me? Because living for ourselves has never been the gospel. The good news that Jesus came to bring isn't your best life today. It's what can you do to impact the kingdom in the best way today. But you have to believe in you to execute what God wants to do in you. And that's key. Why? Because you could always walk in disappointment. As a matter of fact, the quote we have for you is that there's always going to be possibilities, right? There's the pain of discipline or the pain of disappointment. Take your pick. Every day in life, you can have the pain of discipline, of character, integrity, decision-making, following Jesus, you can have the pain of that discipline because sometimes it's uncomfortable. Come on, somebody, right? How many of y'all got someone that points stuff out in your life and tells you you're wrong, right? You're like, God, man, leave me alone. 
Don't answer the phone when they call you. I know some of y'all do it because I call you sometimes. Like, <laughs> seeing you on Facebook. Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. Bobby, answer the phone. I'm just, I don't know if anyone's in here name is Bobby. I'm not talking to you. But anyway, so there's the pain of discipline or the pain of disappointment. It's your pick because it will be one of the two. Now, if you want to step into discipline. Now, what is discipline? Character building, becoming like Christ. The word Christian literally means little Christ, to be Christ-like. And to walk like Christ means to walk in the discipline of Jesus. And people come in and make discipleship the process by which we become more like Christ with sanctification. I know those are big words. Some of you, maybe it's your first time being in a church. When God sets you apart, he brings you to himself. Then he sets you apart for a purpose. And when he sets you apart for a purpose, he'll bring people into your journey to help you become like Christ so that you can accomplish everything Jesus wants you to accomplish. That's his goal. That's his purpose. But you got to believe in you before anyone else will. Hear me today. Jesus believes in you. But on this earth, you got to believe in you before anyone else will. Because I don't know about you, there's some crazy people around me. Oh, oh, y'all got good people? Okay, no, we're right. Okay, everyone's back now. I said, we got crazy people around us. Come on, somebody. Listen, you like, I can't raise my hand. They sitting right here. I don't want to get, anyway. <laughs> Romans 8, 31 and 32, it says this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Now hear me today. Not all things for your obtaining. Not all things for your prosperity. All things for your purpose. Because God wants to plug you into what he has for you. He wants to take you there. Next, champions change their standards. Champions change their standards. They change what they let in their life. They change what they let around them. They change what the source of strength is for them. Champions change their standards. Now, I never got to hang out with Michael Jordan. I really wish I would have. He's one of three people that I would really like to meet. I'm not going to tell you who the other two are. It doesn't matter. But he's one of three people that I would love to meet. But I have to believe that if you were going to put on a Chicago Bulls jersey, you'd have to think, well, if you were going to put on a Chicago Bulls jersey in 1996, because right now they are trash, but if you're going to do it back then, that you would have to have a different, even if you weren't the all-star, just to be on the team, you're going to have to think differently. Like, just to put on the jersey, you got to think differently. Just to be a part of the championship, you're going to have to think differently. You may not start. You may not be the best on the team, but you're going to change how you think. You're going to change the standard on how you operate. Matter of fact, Michael Jordan says it this way. People ask him why he was the best. He said, every day I demand more of myself than anyone else could humanly expect. What could happen if you started attacking your days with a higher expectation of you than anyone else could have? What kind of difference could you make in your office, at your job, in your family? What kind of difference could you make if you started expecting more out of yourself than anyone else? Because let's face it, guys, how often are we the ones trying to live up to other people's expectations? How often is people going, man, there's more in you. There's more in you. There's more in you. How, how great would it be to one day look in the mirror and be the loudest voice saying there's more in you and try to live up to that? 
Why? Because we think differently. So, how do we do that? Well, Romans 12, 2 says this. It says that we should not conform ourselves to the standards of this world, but let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. Then, everyone say then. Then you will be able to know the will of God, what is good and pleasing to him and is perfect. You see, it takes a mental shift before we step into the purpose. It takes thinking differently before we then jump into what God has for us. For many of us, we're trying to pursue the purpose without the change of mind. For many of us, we're trying to accomplish what we think God wants for us. We're even chasing the blessing and the prosperity, but we're not chasing the purpose and the sanctification. We're not chasing after Jesus necessarily. We're just hoping we can get some of the things that he could bring in our life. And the reality is we don't chase Jesus for things. We go after Jesus for Jesus himself. And in the pursuit of Jesus, he gives us everything that we need. So God aggressively intends to do that. But here's the reality. We end up surrounding ourselves with two different groups of people in this idea of standards. So in life, we have two different groups of people that tend to be around us. The first one are the people that suck life out of you. How many of you got people like that? Just uh, every, when they call, you roll your eyes immediately. Think right now, boom, boom, you know who I'm talking about, right? That could be a family member. That's okay. Some of you are like, oh, <laughs> yeah, right? Every time they text you, you're just like, nope. You already decided in your mind, you're going to tell them who phone, who this, Right? Like, I don't know. I don't know who this is. I'm sorry. I don't know who this is. Right? I lost this number. I got reset to my old settings. I don't have this anymore. Why? Because I don't feel like going there. Why? Because people suck life out of you. Right? So only four of us got that, those kind of people. How many of y'all got some people that when you're around them, you are exhausted from the moment you start conversations? Six of us. The rest of y'all, I need to hang out with y'all then because y'all got it together. Listen, I would... Never mind, I'm not going to go there. Listen, like, we all got people around us that suck life out of each other. And if you don't know who that person is, you might be that person, okay? I'm just kidding. That was a joke. God, I just take everything so serious. So we, we got people that take joy from us. We got people that like, take life out of us. And here's the reality. They're barely clinging to life themselves, so they're trying to get away, get what they can out of everyone around them. Right? So... It doesn't mean that we avoid them. It means we need to be intentional about what we give to them because we are here to create impact. Then there's the other group of people, and those are the people that we're trying to live life for. So we're trying to meet their standard. We're trying to get their approval. We're trying to accomplish what we think they want us to accomplish, and we're in a constant state of trying to live up to someone else's expectations. What could happen if you stopped competing with the people around you and just started chasing your purpose? What kind of energy could you put into what God wants you to do rather than competing with other people around you based on what you think they want you to do? What could happen if we started saying yes to what God has for us and stopped worrying about what everyone around us would think? What kind of change could we create in our environments? So I gave this to you in your notes. On the back side of your notes, I went ahead and gave this to you because I, I want to challenge some of you to do this. Now, a lot of you may throw this out on the way out of here. I get that. But for those of you that decide to do it, I want to ask you to do this. So there's three areas of change that we want to look at today. Right? And this is just a practice because I think practical steps are helpful, right? 
Practical steps are helpful. So three areas of change. Your first one is yourself. What could you change about you that could make you more productive for the kingdom of God? What could you change about yourself? So as many of you know, I'm working on, I am dedicated most of the time to working out and changing my body. Okay, so dedicated most of the time. Unless someone brings cheesecake, that's a problem. Okay, so, but... No, in all honesty, I'm dedicated to changing my body, and I've, cha- I've challenged myself. I'm going to read 18 books this year. Now, for some of you, that's not a big deal because y'all are readers. Listen to me. I'm not, okay? Don't judge me. I see some of y'all turning your head sideways. I'm not a reader, okay? When I read, the words get jumbled together. I read the same chapter four times. It's been six hours. I don't know where I'm at, what year it is. I'm lost, okay? So, but that's just me. But this year, I'm changing my body, and I'm reading 18 books this year. And they're broken up into categories. I'm doing that for me. Because I'll be more productive for the kingdom of God if I make sure that everything in my life is lined up with where I believe God wants me to be. That's me. The next one is your surroundings. What what could you change about your surroundings to make you different and more productive? Now, you don't have to fill all this out right now, okay? I'm just kidding. This is for homework, okay? I ain't not come to church for homework, okay? But this is something for you to do. You, You can fill it out if you want to right now, but... It's your surroundings. What could you change about your surroundings? Now, hear what I'm telling you and don't hear what I'm not telling you, okay? Don't go to work tomorrow and put in your two weeks notice and say, Pastor Brad said so. That is not what I said about changing your surroundings. Like, I quit. My pastor said, no, he didn't. Okay, so what could you change about your surroundings? Now, just to give you a helpful tip for me, I do not operate well in clutter. Freaks me out. Okay, you can ask my wife. She'll tell you. When we clean out like spare bedrooms and stuff, if it's really bad, I just start walking around like, and she's like, get out. <laughs> she's like, I'll do it. Just get out. <laughs> okay, good. Cause I wouldn't, I couldn't, I can't. Okay. So, so in my surroundings, that's what's helpful for me. Right? So that's something I changed my surroundings. And then what, and, and most, most importantly, number three, you can put it up here guys, is your spirituality. Let's not kid ourselves. What you change in yourself is good. What you change in your surrounding is good. But the real question that I care about and really what God cares about is what could you change in your spiritual life? What needs to change in your spiritual life? And just be honest. This is between you and you and God. What could you change? What do you need to change? So four questions that are underneath each one. What is my current state? How did I get here? Where do I want to be? And what, is the, what do I need to change in my life to get me there? Fill that out and put it, like, put it on your mirror Write the answers on your kid's forehead so you can read it every day. Whatever you need to do, right? Just like, but just make sure, look at it every day. And here's the thing. Start becoming the you that you can be so that you can accomplish everything that God has for you. That's pretty simple, right? So we're going to tap into that. Let's keep going, right? And then number three, champions redefine themselves. Champions redefine themselves. They change what the definition of them looks like when you look in the mirror what do you see when you look in the mirror do you see the version of you that everyone else says exists when you look in the mirror do you see the lies that people have spoken over you since you were little when you look in the mirror what is the version of you that you see because Proverbs 23 7 says that for as a man thinks in his heart so is he So here's the question I have for you, because we're talking about thinking like a champion. What version of you do you see in the mirror? Do you 
Someone always told you you were going to be poor. Your mom was poor. Your grandma was poor. So you're going to be poor. Is that the version of you you see? Your, your dad was a thief. Your grandfather was a thief. So you're going to be a thief. But let's bring that down to maybe ground level and get real for a second. Your grandma had babies before she was married. Your mom had babies before she was married. You're going to have babies before you're married. And listen, if that has happened to you, we're not here to judge you about that. So don't get me wrong and don't hear what I'm not saying. What I'm saying is we can all acknowledge that God wants a different plan for us. And for some people, they hadn't even got to that option yet, but they've already decided in their mind they're going to follow the same path that they don't have to. Because that person was broke, I'm going to be broke. And we'll take it down another level. Someone always told you that you were worthless and you were nothing, and you've believed it your whole life that you are worthless and you are nothing. You've always been told that God has no value for you or that people have no value for you, and you naturally now believe that God has no value for you. I'm here to tell you that's a lie. What are the lies about you that you believe about yourself? That you'll never be successful? That God will never use you? That you'll never make the people around you happy? What are you believing that's not true? Because, hear me today, champions redefine themselves. Where is your identity at? Now, here's the reality of the gospel is that Jesus came to give us a new identity. That those lies, they might not even be lies. Your grandma and your mom may be that, but that doesn't mean you have to. Your father and your grandfather may be that. They may have that addiction. It doesn't mean you have to. You may have this issue in your life that you've been wrestling with for your entire life, but that doesn't mean you have to keep doing it. It doesn't mean you have to keep wrestling because Jesus said he came to make all things new. And I'm here to tell you today that you have the opportunity to be redefined about who you are. And it doesn't come from you and it doesn't come from other people. It comes from the only person that can create a new life, a new identity for you. It comes from the only person that's ever been able to change the literal context that we get to live in. Your life is not dictated by you. It's not dictated by people. It's only dictated by God. And again, the one who used words to put the sun, moon, and stars into space, the person that has put everything in motion with nothing but words, he wants to define you. He wants to tell you your value. He wants to tell you who you are. And if you'll start listening to God and stop listening to people, if you'll start looking to the cross and who Jesus says you are and stop looking to everyone around you, he'll redefine your identity and he'll give you a brand new start. And you don't have to walk in the lies of the people around you. Maybe it was family, maybe it was friends, and maybe it's even your thoughts that have captivated and held you captive. Maybe it's even your own lies. No one's even even told you, you just bought into it. Here's the reality. There's a story of an elephant. And if you've ever been to the circus, I can't go to the circus because my wife like works for PETA or something. She loves animals, it's weird. I don't know about it. She stopped traffic on like an interstate to save a dog one time. Four people went to the hospital, but we saved the dog. You know what I'm talking about? Anyways, but uh, we, the story of the circus, if you, any of you have ever been to the circus or if you've ever seen pictures, they got the elephants and when they're not, when the elephants aren't in the act, they just take them to the side 
And this huge elephant, they take this stake and they hammer it into the ground and they tie a rope to the stake and the elephant is tied to it. And the elephant doesn't move because they're tied to the stake. Now, you and I both know if the elephant decided, <laughs> uh, this stake ain't going to hold me down, that he could yank that stake up out of the ground and go somewhere. But here's the reality. See, they didn't just walk up to some random grown elephant and stake him in the ground. They got him when he was a baby. And when he was a baby elephant, they would put the stake in the ground and tie the rope to him. And because of that, the elephant couldn't move. He was too little. And as the elephant got older, he just bought into the idea that the stake could hold him down. And for many of us, we've bought into the idea that the lies actually hold us down. But just like that elephant that one day could decide to just yank that stake out of the ground, that is, the elephant could tear the whole tent down if he wanted to. Y'all know what I'm talking about? If he decided he was done with this, <laughs> circus is over, y'all. He could take the whole thing down. And for us, hear me today, you are letting the lies in your mind hold you down but the power that's inside of you, if you could grab a hold of the truth, not only could you take the lies that are holding you down out of play, but you could take the whole circus around you out of play. That there is power that God has put inside of you and that he wants you to know that you have a purpose, that he has a plan, that he doesn't just, he doesn't just wanna do something in you and he doesn't just wanna do something to you, but he wants to do something through you. He wants to put you on track with a greater purpose, a greater plan. He wants to plug you in to everything he's destined you to be but it's going to take redefining who you are and seeing yourself how God sees you. What do you see when you look in the mirror? Because here's the beauty of this message. I want to give it to you real quick. That Jesus goes to the cross. And when he goes to the cross, he gives his life. And wherever you are in life today, whatever lies you've bought into, Here's how I know you can have a new identity. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says that old things have passed away and all things have become new. And when Jesus went to that cross, he gave his life. And when he died there, he gave his life so that your sins, so that the circumstances around you, so that your situations and mine could all be forgiven and wiped away you could have a brand new start. And when Jesus gave his life, what happened is now when God looks at you, he doesn't see the you that you see. When I look in the mirror, I see my frailties. I see my failures. I see my problems. I see all the things about me that I don't like. I see my issues. I see the problems that no one else even knows about behind the mask that I don't show anyone. That's what I see when I look in the mirror. But when God looks at you, he doesn't see your failures. He doesn't see your problems. He doesn't see the sinful issues of your life. He doesn't see your addictions. He doesn't see any of those things. When he looks at you because of what Jesus did on the cross and when we put our life in Jesus' hands. When God looks at us, he doesn't see us anymore. He just sees Jesus. 
He just sees a reflection of his son. Because when Jesus went to the cross, he bought my sins and he bought your sins and he paid for your life so that all you gotta do is come and say, I need that free gift. I've been broken, I've been hurt, I've been messed up, but I need something to redefine me because I can't redefine myself. And when we come to God, he looks at you and he says, Jesus and everything he did on the cross is gonna buy you back, not just into his good graces, not just into his happiness. He's gonna buy you back into his family. And the Bible says that what good things would God hold back from his children? He wants to own you. He wants to give you a fresh start, a new identity. And where is that gonna start? I'm here to tell you today, the champions, we think differently, but it all starts at the cross of Jesus Christ, where you get a new beginning, a new identity, and this time you get to change the game, you get to change how you play, and you get to change how people see you, all based on who Jesus is. Is that not good news, my friends? Are we ready to think differently? Let's give it up for Jesus this morning. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads in this place today. So God, we come to you and we thank you. We thank you for grace and mercy and we thank you that you've redefined who we are. God, we thank you that because of you, we can come to you. We love you today and we are so grateful for Jesus. We thank you for the sacrifice that you made for us. And Today, my friends, with everyone's head bowed and your eyes closed, if you're in this room, can you say, Pastor Brad, I, I do need to think differently. I do need to change my mindset. I, all those things are true, but before I can say yes to any of those things, I, I need to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've tried doing things your way. Maybe you've, maybe you've even done a pretty good job at it. Successful, perhaps. You've done good for yourself in your career, but there's still something on the inside that tells you that you are missing something. And I'm here to tell you, friend, that until Jesus takes control of your life, you'll always feel that way. And today, if you're in this room, I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna point you out. But if you're in this room and you say, Pastor, I'm tired of living life my way. I'm ready to live my life and I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, with no one looking around, right now, you say, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready to follow Jesus. I wanna give him my life. Would you raise your hand right where you sit? God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Hands are going up already. If that's you, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus, Pastor. I'm tired of doing life my way. God bless you. Once you put it up, you can put it down. Like I said, I'm not here to embarrass you. I just wanna pray for you today. Are there more that says, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready to say yes to Jesus, and I'm ready to give him my life. I'm ready. If you're watching us online, you can do it too. And here's what we're gonna do. By saying yes, what we're doing is we're telling Jesus, I'm repenting of my sins. I'm not going back to that. And I'm gonna follow you with my whole heart. And so here's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna pray a prayer together. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. 
This prayer is just putting words to the actions of what's happening on the inside of your life right now, that your heart is saying yes to Jesus and that you want grace and that you're putting your faith in him that when he died, he paid for you. But we wanna put words to those actions in our heart and we wanna declare with our mouth that Jesus is the Lord of our life. And the whole church is gonna pray it with you. So I'm gonna invite you to repeat after me, but everyone's gonna pray with you so you're not praying by yourself. And if you're watching us online and you're doing that, we wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with us as well. Church, let's pray with our brothers and sisters. Say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. And thank you for the cross. Forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I give you my life. I want to follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. CC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps the very first time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.